Hey, Chris. Hello. It appears I have Leona with me. Looks like we managed to figure it out. Yes, we did. <laughs> so I'm going to start, Leone, and I just want to say welcome to Meditap Moments. My name is Chris Comans. It's great to be with you for the fourth edition of my podcast. Thanks for coming along and joining me. I'm excited to say in this edition we have a very special guest joining us. I first met our special guest as she runs one of the breast cancer support groups here in Western Australia. She was interested in my services and wanted to share my information with her support group. So I attended one of their luncheons and spoke about my Meditat technique and the process of nipple areola tattooing. Later, our special guest attended as a model at one of my Meditat training classes. A very big welcome to my special guest, Leonie, from Reclaim Your, Reclaim Your Curves. Hello, Leonie. Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me this afternoon. It's great to be able to talk to people about what we do. Certainly is. And so thanks for joining us today. Um, can you please tell us who is Reclaim Your Curves? Okay, Reclaim Your Curves is actually a uh, not-for-profit charity and we're made up of um, a board of directors which is made up from women who have actually had breast reconstruction so they've got all the knowledge and the expertise about what actually goes on and what's required for recovery and that sort of thing. We've also got a medical advisory group um, so we have an oncoplastic surgeon, specialist breast surgeon, radiation oncologist, breast nurses. So that way, when we've published information on our website, um, it's been checked over and it will be accurate and relevant to the Australian women. And then, of course, we've got our membership. So we have approximately 1,500 ladies now who are a part of our group. And that is just growing all the time as more and more of them um, become aware of, of Reclaim Your Curves and, and what we can offer people. Fabulous. So what, is, what exactly do you do? Okay, so what our goal is, is to provide women with accurate information about what breast reconstruction is all about. So that involves the actual procedures so that that way when they go to the plastic surgeon for the, especially their first initial visit, they've got some information, they, they can understand what the terminology is and they've got a good idea of the different procedures and, and whether or not it's going to fit into their lifestyle. Um, we also offer um, peer support. So that can be a phone call. It can be an email. It can be attending one of our lunches where we get together as a large group and discuss our different reconstructions and what's happening with, you know, different uh, procedures and surgeons and hospitals and all those questions that, that you've got that the plastic surgeon really doesn't have the time to answer. Um, he's mm. more fixed on the actual surgery part of it. But our, yes. our ladies are more about trying to um, give you a realistic idea of what recovery is like, um, little tips just to make things easier, things to take to hospital. Um, we even have fact sheets on our website which have got things listed on there, things to take to hospital, things to put in place at home to make your recovery that little bit easier. Such and we a valuable have, service, Leonie. Yeah. Absolutely. And then we've got a fact sheet as well, which has got questions on there to ask the plastic surgeon. So it's really great because sometimes you go in there that first appointment, you really don't know very much and you're not sure what you should be asking. So by going through those questions, it sort of helps the dialogue happen 
Um, and quite often the surgeon is quite happy just to look at that sheet and say, yes, I can answer all these for you and, and sort of go through it. Um, mm. And then you feel a bit more confident about what's going to happen. Um, and you don't necessarily have to make your mind up there and there at that first appointment either. Um, we do encourage ladies to try and get a second opinion. And that way you've got a uh, more confident approach that, okay, I've seen two doctors. They've both said to me, this is the procedure that's going to suit my body the best. And, and that way you sort of feel, as I said, more confident about what's, what's going to be done. If a little bit more empowering for these ladies, yeah. isn't it? Because it can well, be a very challenging time and a lot of information and, overload and they're really not sure what they need to do. Absolutely. This is one of the times where you've actually got the control as opposed to when you're going through your breast cancer treatment and you're told you've got to have this treatment, you've got to have chemo, you've got to have radiation, you've got to take these pills. But this is a time when you can actually have control and you can sort of say, well, I want to have this done in December. So I need to see a, a private surgeon who can book me in in December. Um, I want to go to a particular hospital or, you know, I want a particular procedure done. And this way you've got that control. And I just find the ladies, they're a little bit happier with the knowledge that, okay, they understand the basics of what's going to be done. They've hopefully seen some photos through our website of what's going to look like. And they're a bit more realistic about what to expect. Mm, um, brilliant. Such a valuable service. So, Leonie, what do you find are the most common barriers to breast reconstruction? Okay, well, there's quite a few, actually. Um, I guess that one of the first ones I would talk about is just a lack of information. Um, quite often the ladies have had their treatment, so they've gone through all the, the breast cancer treatment and reconstruction's been put on the back burner. And, of course, we are more about making sure that you're well and healthy before you attempt to do a reconstruction. So a lot of times it can be a lack of information from the point of view they don't know where to start. Um, and quite often they've Googled things on, you know, and had a look and it might be things they've seen that are from America. Mm. It's on YouTube. It's not necessarily the good things because people complain loudly about bad things and they don't say very much about good things. Mm. So just the fear of what they see out there can be quite off-putting. So a, a real lack of information um, and a fear of the actual surgeries themselves. You know, um, some ladies have never had, you know, a major surgery apart from their mastectomy or perhaps they've just been told they've got breast cancer, they are facing a mastectomy and the breast surgeon has said, well, do you want to speak to a plastic surgeon first and see what your options are? And it's like, whoa, what do I do now? Mm, you know, yes. so um, it can be really confronting. Um, and then you've got things like, um, discrimination um, you know sometimes doctors and, and breast nurses and well-meaning family and friends can just assume that because you're of a certain age well you know your breasts have done their job they feed your babies you don't need to put yourself through another you know two or three surgeries to to have another breast put back mm, um, I agree with that one of my patients told me she was in her 80s and her friends said why are you having breast reconstruction it's not like you're going to have a man in your bed yes and and I mean you know if, if you get up every morning and the first thing you face in the mirror when you're undressed before you have to shower is the fact you've got one breast missing or both breasts missing and it distresses you, mm. that sets your whole day for that yes. time, you know, and it is just such an important thing. It's not vanity. A lot of ladies say, oh, my friends think I'm being a bit vain because, I, you know, I'm going to get some new perky boobs. And, mm. and it's really not about that. It's about trying to 
to put back what breast cancer has taken away as best part of the psychological recovery isn't it oh absolutely absolutely and that is such an important thing your your emotional psychological recovery of what's happened to you so that you can move forward with your life and you can look at getting a new man in your bed and 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 just going to the beach and having a swimsuit on and or you know summertime having a top that's got some straps on it because you know you can't always cover everything up so there's there's so many so many things to having yes. that 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 shape put back yeah I've had patients also say they've been to the beach with a prosthesis and the prosthesis mm. falls out the top of their bathers. yeah yeah and and that you know that's a common thing or or they just can't find clothing that's going to fit properly because let's say as, as an example let's say you're a size 14 or a 16 around the tummy you've still got to get your clothes to fit you for yes. that tummy shape but up in the chest area, you're probably about a size 10 or a 12 now. So right. you've got to have something to fill, you know, your clothing. And, you know, things don't sit right. They're not comfortable. If you've only got, um, if you've got one breast, one natural breast still there, you've got the weight issue. So then you need a weighted prosthesis on the other side. They can be hot and uncomfortable. Um, you know, and if you choose to use, you know, one of the soft foamy ones, you can end up with neck and shoulder issues because all of a sudden you're out of balance with your. And Leonie, let's just face head. it: our women's clothing just isn't made for no breasts. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's so really... unless you wear a prosthesis, you um, often you can't go flat. You'd have to just wear t-shirts. Yeah, that's right. And you know, you're looking at you've got to wear things that are high up in the neck. Um, you know, and a lot of ladies, their whole wardrobe is no longer suitable, that's you know, right. so that's another expense. They've got to go out and find clothes that fit. And that can be so disheartening, especially if you're, you know, someone who's quite, you know, vivacious and you like to be out there and dressing in nice things and, you know, perhaps the, you know, the low sort of cut tops and things like that. And all of a sudden you've got to almost hide yourself away um, because of what's been done. Yes. And so is there anything else about that process that you'd like to talk about or would you like to move on to breast reconstruction? Um, look, I, I guess those are the main things. Um, recovery is really important. So um, some ladies are hesitant to start a reconstruction because they're not sure how it's going to fit into their lifestyle, especially if they've got young children. So having support those first few weeks is really, really important. Mm-hmm. So that can also hinder when you decide to do your breast reconstruction. Yes. And it's a good thing to talk to with the plastic surgeon. He'll give you an idea of recovery time. But then talking to our ladies, you'll get a really honest opinion about, well, he said I could be, you know, be back at work in four weeks. And we sort of say, well, if you can have six off, have six, you know. Like, yes, so definitely. You take your time and, and, and get through it that way. Of course. Um, and and then there's the cost. You know, a lot of ladies think, oh, I can't afford a reconstruction. It's going to be too expensive. Mm. Well, if you go through the public system, it's not going to cost you anything. Um, but you are at their mercy time-wise. So you could be waiting 12, 18 months, two years to actually have the reconstruction started and completed. If you can afford it, then you go through the, the private sector, you work out your plastic surgeon and there's nearly always a shortfall, you know, that gap payment between what, what your health fund will pay and what the surgeon is going to charge. So once again, a lot of ladies think, okay, well, he said to me, I'm going to be out of pocket, you know, perhaps $5,000. So I need to plan for that. 
Um, so that means they might have to wait another 12 months until their finances are in such a situation that, you know, they can afford to do it that way. Yes, so that's cost, such a problem. Cost is, yeah, cost is always um, a factor there. But I do have to say the ladies who go through the public system, um, I've met many of them and they've been very happy. You're not going to get a second-rate job or anything like that. I agree so, because I work know. with a lot of ladies out of the public system also yeah. and the quality of care, they always speak highly about the quality of care yes. and the quality of their reconstructions are beautiful and so, um, and funnily enough, you might find that you'll find the same surgeon in the private practice as you will in the public system. So we have very good quality of surgeons. Oh, we do. We are so lucky in Western Australia. Um, and, and you're right, we have got a couple of surgeons who work privately and also have one or two days a week that they operate in the public system. So usually what you would do is you would go and see him as a private patient initially for that first consultation and then you would discuss how he can put you onto his public list and then that's where the time factor comes in. Yes. So, um, But then you're still getting the surgeon, hopefully, that you were wanting um, and the procedure that you're looking for as well. So, you know, once again, it's about making you feel confident about what you're going to do. Um, and just that reassurance is, is just so important um, for, for ladies moving forward. And then that way, I guess you can tell your family and your friends who mean well when they say, oh, you really don't need to do this. You can say, well, actually I do and I've researched it and this is what's going to happen. And no, I'm not going to look like Pamela Anderson with great big huge breasts but I'm going to have some shape again you know and that's what it's about just to get that feminine feel back yes um, and and that emotional recovery for sure oh yes yes that's right so I've spoken about breast reconstruction in my previous podcast but let's talk Mm -hmm. about it now can you I'll let you do it this time and we can hear it from your perspective what is breast reconstruction okay so what breast reconstruction is about is trying to rebuild the breast that's been taken away, so the breast shape that's been taken away. So for some ladies, um, that can mean that they're going to use um, a part of their own body. So that could be um, some tissue from the tummy area. It could also be muscle from the tummy area, um, which is called a a DEP or a TRAM. It can also be used from your lat dorsi muscles, which are up in the, the high muscles up in the top of your back area, and really nice, big, strong muscles up there. And those, they can put those into the front of the chest and that becomes like a, a support sling. And then quite often an implant is put in there as well and that gives you the permanent sort of shape that's going to happen. Um, there are some other techniques which are quite new in the last 18 months. Oh, Leone, months. can I just interrupt you there? Because our listeners, you would know that procedure quite well because Leone has that procedure herself. So Leone is mm. a breast cancer patient who's been through that process. And so she really is talking from experience. That's right. Um, so I, mine is the lat dorsi surgery. Um, and, and mine was the combination of using the lat dorsi muscles and also having the implants put in at the same time. Um, some of the newer techniques that are coming through are using um, fat and tissue from around the bottom or the inner or outer thigh area. So that's quite exciting because most of us ladies all sort of say, well, we've got plenty there that we could use. Yes. Um, you know, I'll um, donate some. Yes, that's right. So that's really quite an exciting thing. And we've had a couple of ladies in Perth that have had it done and been very happy with it. So hopefully the training will filter through to 
some of the other surgeons in Perth and it may be offered, um, you know, once again as, as another option um, for, for different women, just depending, because it depends on your body and what treatment's being done, yes. if you've had radiation, um, how you heal as a person. Um, some people scar and don't heal very well. So this is where the plastic surgeon's expertise comes into it. He's going to look at your body and, and say, right, well, I think we can do this. This is going to give you the best outcome. And, and then this reflects back on getting a second opinion so that if you've got two surgeons telling you exactly the same thing, you can feel confident that, yes, this is the best procedure that's going to work for me. Yes. Is there anything else on breast reconstruction that um, you'd like to add? I think that that's probably, as far as the technical part of it goes, um, there is some um, newer things happening with expansion. So traditionally, um, to actually put a, an implant in the body, normally what they would be doing is trying to grow you a pocket of skin to actually put that implant behind. Yes. So expanders are put in um, on the chest wall. And sometimes this can be done immediately at the time of the mastectomy and then the lady can still have her radiation treatment and then the surgeon will come back to that later when she's healed and recovered and is strong enough to continue with the reconstruction. But with the expansion, traditionally it's done with saline. So there's a little port and you would visit your plastic surgeon or the plastics clinic and they can sit in there and it's a quick five-minute procedure. They just in insert some saline and this is done on a regular basis. And then this, the tension that's built up um, in the, uh, the chest area is what encourages the skin to grow to, uh, to alleviate that stress and this is how we end up with a pocket. Um, the newer technique is um, using an Aeroform air expander. So that's got a little gas canister inside it and that's put inside the expander and then you get given a uh, little remote control that you take home with you and you do the expansion yourself as you feel comfortable doing it. So it's got a limiter on there. So I think it only releases a maximum of 10 mils of gas at a time. So you can't hurt yourself and, and overinflate. Mm. But you can sort of do it on a daily basis rather than on a, a weekly or a fortnightly basis. And the ladies tell me that they get to their desired size quite quicker because they're doing it gradually a little bit every day. Um, this is also a great benefit to the ladies who are in the regional areas because they're not having to come backwards and forwards to Perth to actually get the expansion done with the saline. They can do it at home on their farm and, you know, that sort of thing um, in their own time. And I did hear recently with the um, uh, immediate reconstruction that they're uh, a lot more use of the acellular dermal matrix is happening. Um, yes. Although at the moment that acellular dermal matrix is a little bit expensive, but hopefully the more surgeons that are using that product, things the price will reduce. Mm -hmm. And also, as you said, with the fat transfer. So um, we can, instead of using those small implants, they can perhaps transfer some um, fat in there and we can use, it's a truly um, um, autologists, you know, part of your own body reconstruction. That's right. And, look, you know, that is what we say is the Rolls-Royce reconstruction. Yes. If, if you can have it done because it is all totally your body and you're not going to have issues where you've got to have another surgery in 10 or 12 years' time to replace the implants because they're not a permanent thing. They will need replacing down the track. Um, and also having um, used your own tissue um, if you gain weight or you lose weight, that, that breast mound is going to do the same thing because it's part of you. Yes. So once again, um, it, it brings you back together as a person. 
um, and it feels warm, it'll feel soft, um, it'll feel more like the breast that was removed rather than the implants, which can be quite firm um, and they sort of take on the temperature around you. Um, yes, you're going to have high perky boobs when you're in your retirement home, but that's not what everybody wants. No. Um, of course, you and I have had those conversations about a lot of our patients that have had concerns with implants as well. Oh, yes. And, and this is something that's very much in the news at the moment. Um, there's, there's quite a concern about um, lymphoma developing around the textured implants. Um, the TGA is on board with it and we're sort of waiting to see what um, guidelines um, they come through, if, if, if they change anything at all. Most of the surgeons, I believe, have gone back to using a smooth implant. Mm. So if you've got new ladies coming through now, and that's usually one of the questions that they ask, is the surgeon's already sort of said, oh, no, I'm not using the textured ones anymore. So that sort of can help um, with that concern there. But there is still the issue to come of the ladies who have got the textured implants, well, what happens to us? And I'm mm. one of those ladies, so I have been following it quite closely. Um, and at the moment, they're saying if you're not having any issues, and the issues would be a swelling around the implant, a build-up of fluid, um, the fluid can be syringed and, um, and sent away for testing, and they can tell straight away from that whether or not this is related to the lymphoma or whether you've just got, for some reason, a little bit of swelling there. You may have um, upset some scar tissue, and that may have caused a bit of fluid to build up. Um, and, and quite often the body will reabsorb it and it'll settle, but it's always best to, to go back to your plastic surgeon and say, look, this is what's happened. What do we do from here? And usually it'll be an ultrasound and, and uh, an aspiration just to check that. Yes, great advice, Leanne. Now, one of the other things that was suggested is that um, the implants with breast cancer, particularly because the women don't have their own breast tissue, that, that mm. it's not such of a concern as it is as an implant for aesthetic or cosmetic purposes in natural breasts. So I'm not sure how that, that will play out, but um, do you know any of, do you um, know or have you um, spoken to women that have had problems with the textured implants? From, from what I have read um, and a little bit of conversations I've had with people, even though the women who have had breast cancer don't have the breast tissue, um, there is still the potential that it could still um, turn into this lymphoma, this um, anaplastic large cell lymphoma. So, and that is not a breast cancer. That's a totally different kind of yes, cancer. It's a, it's right. a, um, so the ladies don't have to fear that, okay, my breast cancer's come back there because it is a totally different kind of breast cancer. A totally different kind of cancer and um, usually the um, procedure is that if it comes back that they think yes okay we've got cells here they would remove the implants mm, um, great advice Leonie so, this your your um, group is so important to so many women and you just give such great advice and now I know you're up with the latest st statistics on breast cancer so let's have a little bit about you know a bit of a chat about um, breast reconstruction in Australia because they actually there has been some statistics that have been released recently and things have changed slightly. Well, I'm looking at some information um, which was done back in, I think, 2014. And then they were saying that only one in 10 women were actually having a reconstruction, um, which is really low. It um, is low, isn't it? I think yeah. we're probably one of the lowest in all of the yeah. big countries anyway, from that, America to the UK, etc. That's right, yeah. So, 
So with, with the ladies in America and the UK, they are between 40 and 50% of women have a reconstruction. Yes. Um, and, you know, so our, our rates were really, very low. And um, why is that, do you think? Well, I think it's a combination of things. I think part of it is the things we discussed in the beginning about ladies not coming forward and asking about reconstruction, um, them being afraid of the surgery, um, the age part of it. Um, I had one lady I met once who her GP had sort of said, oh, you had your, you had your mastectomy five years ago. It's too late to do anything now. Oh, uh, no, yeah, never too late. Never too late, you know. So I think because there was a lot of misinformation out there as well mm. as not enough information that was relevant to Australia. And people that, maybe not understanding as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I think now, too, because we've got all the, um, the breast nurses are on board, so it's talked about a lot more. It's, it's the, even the plastic surgeons themselves, um, you know, they realise that women have got a little bit more information now when they come for a visit. And so when they start to talk about things, that dialogue is happening between the surgeon and, and the patient rather than him just sitting there and saying, well, this is what's going to happen, blah, 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 and they just sit there and try and take it all in. And a lot of it doesn't mean very much, whereas now they've got access to really good information so they can come forward and ask questions and, um, and discuss, you know, the pros and cons of, of the different procedures. Uh, and I think also because immediate um, reconstruction is happening a lot more now as well. Yes. Um, in the past, it was always, no, no, we need to get rid of the cancer first. We'll think about the reconstruction down the track. But they've realised that some of the women's type of breast cancer can actually support having an immediate reconstruction. And that also helps the woman so much psychologically that, okay, she's been, you know, put under anaesthetic. Her, her breast or breasts are going to be removed. But when she wakes up, there's still going to be some sort of shape happening there. Yes. Um, and I find the late, and you probably find this too, the ladies who have had a skin-sparing mastectomy have a much nicer finish mm. um, than those of us who have had to actually grow new skin. Um, to and the other thing is, though, we have it. to remember that skin-sparing is maybe used in a maybe a lower uh, risk of, um, the cancer spreading and things like that, that. That's there's different right. situations to those types of surgeries that is true and, and this is where you've got to be guided by your health professionals yes. so as, as, as much as we'd all like to say well we'd all love to have that particular procedure it's all about the safety and your health so if it's deemed that no the cancer is too close to you know the nipple area so we've got to remove the nipples or perhaps you've had a very widespread cancer um, and they've said, look, we've really got to get clear margins here, so we need to remove everything. Um, yes. You've really got to accept that, okay, th this is them looking out for you, for your health and your survival. Um, and there's not a one-size-fits-all approach, so you no. can't really go in there with that mindset that you want a specific thing because it might not just not work for you. That's, that, that's exactly right. But having the knowledge of the different procedures, I think, exactly. can help you sort of say to the plastic surgeon, well, why can't I have, you know, the tummy tuck one? You know, yes. and he might say, well, you've had lots of abdominal surgery, so we need the, the, the blood vessels and things to be, you know, in very good shape, and I think that's probably not going to work. Or maybe you don't have enough tummy fat. 
a know, lot of women don't. They might prefer that surgery. They're just not fat enough. Well, yeah, you know, I'd fat. like to think that that could be a possibility, but um, if you don't yeah. have it, then you have to have another option. You have to have something else. I mean, some ladies will sort of have a bit of a discussion with the plastic surgeon and he'll sort of say, well, you know, what sort of a lifestyle have you got? You know, what do you do for your hobbies and, and that sort of thing? And, and you might be somebody who does stand-up paddle boarding or you might like to do... Um, you know professional um, long distance swimming and straight away well okay the lat dorsi operation is not going to suit you because yeah if you're a tennis you player need, especially yeah or tennis yeah you need those that that upper strength and those muscles so then it's like okay well what can we do instead and this is where i said the the expertise of the plastic surgeon is going to nut all that out for you and say right you know, this I think is going to suit you the best. You're going to get the recovery that you're looking for. Your lifestyle is not going to be too impacted. And it's all about trying to put you back together as, as best they can. Yes, perfectly said. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to today's conversation? Um, I think that we've really covered lots of it. I would really encourage um, anyone who's listening today to have a look at our website which is reclaimyourcurves.org.au. Fabulous, and yes, do that. You can, if you're looking um, you for can... some support or further information or you want to join other women and get their ideas or um, hear about their journeys, definitely join Reclaim Your Curves. Go to their website. And, Leonie, you were just going to tell them how to do that, weren't you? Yes, so if you just go to our website and um, on there there'll be um, uh, a link for you to actually click onto. We have a closed Facebook group, which I really, really recommend ladies to join. Um, I joined Facebook myself just to get into the group and a lot of ladies I've since spoken to have done the same thing. Um, with the Facebook group, because it's a closed group, the ladies post lots of photos of their reconstructions and we post the good, the bad, the ugly, infections, drains, the whole bit. So we're not just showcasing all the glorious ones at the mm. end that look great. Reality. Shows, think, reality, that's right. Mm. And it gives the ladies a really good idea of, okay, this is how I'm going to look when I come out of my surgery. I'm going to have a drain in the side here or perhaps two. There's going to be, you know, quite a bit of bruising. Um, it's not going to look perfect initially. Quite often ladies have to have a, a um, revision surgery done after the swelling's all gone down, especially if they're trying to match the breast to a natural breast that's still on the, the chest. Yeah. Um, but it gives them such a good idea of what to expect. But also you can ask your questions there of the group of ladies and within minutes I'll have an answer for you. So if you make your question relevant, you know, I'm in Perth and I'm looking for um, a plastic surgeon, this is, I'm just starting out, has anyone got any recommendations? And, you know, ladies will, will discuss that with you, who they've used, where they went. Um, or you might say, look, I've got a, a three-year-old and I'm thinking of having my recon now, but do you think I'm going to be able to pick them up? So it's all questions like this that are really relevant to the recovery. That so valuable, so women. valuable to yeah. other women to be able to help each other. That's right. And, and this is where my lunches come in as well. I said, we sit around, we buy a lunch and a drink. It's all very, very casual. And, um, and we just share our stories, you know. And I find a lot of ladies come to that where they're very first starting out to research reconstruction and they get so much information and they make some lovely new friends as well who really understand how they're feeling and, and all the turmoil that comes with making such a big decision to, to have a reconstruction done. It would be so great if women could come to um, your and come and use your services um, 
you know, immediately after their mastectomy or even before that. Yeah. So all those processes, it sort of demystifies everything for them because the anxiety is the biggest thing, isn't it? Oh, it is. And you, and you are overloaded with so much information. Yes. You're, you're scared at the time that, okay, I've been given this cancer diagnosis and, and how am I supposed to think about a reconstruction and what does that involve, you know? I don't know what I want and, and quite often what you want is not perhaps what you're going to be available to have. Yes. So, um, so I really encourage the ladies to look at the website, um, join, join our Facebook group, um, my information is on the website as well and I'm always happy to chat with somebody one-on-one over the phone. Um, I'll do my best to try and link you up with another lady who has had a particular surgery that you may be interested in having um, because I can only talk from the Lat Dorsey side of things. Um, but we just find that just having another woman's perspective um, can just take a lot of that anxiety away yes. and just make you feel a bit more confident that, okay, this is going to be good for me. It's going to help me emotionally and physically, um, and and I can do this. I think that's the big fear. A lot of us think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm 62. You know, can I really do this? And I say to ladies, if you've had a knee reconstruction or you're well enough to have a hip reconstruction, why shouldn't you have a breast reconstruction? Definitely, it's just it's just another part of the body. But the age thing just really does creep into it a lot. That people just assume that. Because you're of a certain age, you really don't need your breasts. And I agree. I'm I sorry, get that but, a lot. you know, but they're part of us. They're what makes us a woman, you know. Yes. Well, Leone, it's been so <laughs> wonderful to chat to you today. I hope our listeners get a lot um, from that information that you've provided. So much appreciation to Leone from Reclaim Your Curves for joining me today. It was and great to have you and thanks for sharing for the benefit of everybody. Thank you very much, Chris. I really enjoyed talking with you today. Fabulous. Well, that was the fourth edition of Meditat Moments. Thanks for joining me for the fourth edition. I'm Chris Comans. Bye for now.